Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Hour Football Podcast, episode 84. I'm Amelia Lopez. Welcome back, everybody. Ligia has started. It's madness. It's brilliant, but it's beautiful. And here to talk about it with me is our my good counterpart, Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, how are you today? I'm great, Amy. Um, it's getting hectic. <laughs> Summer is just like right so around the hectic. corner. And we're going to have just so much football just to run like everywhere. It's going to, it's going to be so hectic, um, kind of excited, kind of scared, um, nervous, anxious, just a bit about everything, but yeah, it's, it's getting good. <laughs> That's a perfect way to describe it. They just announced we're recording this on Tuesday, by the way. Um, they just announced a new Mexico friendly for, uh, right before gold cup kicks off in Nashville. And I, it was funny. I think maybe like three years ago, uh, you know, we still told me at one point, like, you're going to still love this, you know, everything that has to do with Mexican soccer, but you're, you're going to hit a point where you're going to be like, again. And I remember telling him, no, I won't. I love this so much. I love doing this all so much. And when I saw that announcement, I was like, I can't, no, not another one, please. No, but yes, lots and lots of soccer. Also very excited now that we're back. Um, we actually have another guest, so we're super excited for you guys to be able to listen to that interview. But as we start off the the podcast, speaking of a lot of soccer, Adriana, the Liga Mix Feminine Liga started. Uh, Tigres versus America, Atlas versus Pachuca, Chivas versus Toluca, Monterrey versus Pumas. We got to talk with Cesar about these games um, during our crossover podcast last week. And we said that, you know, the, the the closest game, and let's start with that one, the closest game for either one of us was going to be Monterrey versus Pumas. This ended up in a 4-2 aggregate with Monterrey advancing off to the semifinals. But, I mean, for what it's worth, Pumas did come out strong and fighting in these two, in this two-leg series. Yeah, I mean, we talked about, I think we actually got like three out of four, right? Because we thought Adla was going to make it through. We thought she was going to make it through. Tigres. And I honestly thought that just after seeing everything that went on in Rayadas um, off the field during the season, um, Pumas just having such an amazing performance throughout the entire season, to be honest, getting really great subs. Um, I actually thought they were up to the challenge of finally getting that first victory in Liguilla, which they didn't. Um, and now it's it's Monterrey making it through to the semifinals and they're facing Tigres and, and Atlas is facing Chivas. So yes, we have two Clásicos for semifinals, which is really crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just seems like whatever Rayadas does, they just end up facing Tigres at some point. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's like, like, like bad karma or something. Um, I mean, they could have faced Atlas, they could have faced Chivas. No, they had to go and face Tigres. Um, I mean... I was actually looking at, at, uh, at an article saying that this might have been Ileana Davila's last tournament with Pumas because apparently these are all rumors. Um, the goal was for them to actually reach semifinals. And if they didn't, um, club the club's going to consider um, not renewing her for next season. So I'm not entirely sure I would do that. I, I do know, um, I mean, she's the only coach that still survived from that first Liga Mexico season back in 2017. But I actually do think that if you're going to give her a shot, it has to be after this season because they were playing spectacularly well. I mean, they were really a tough rival. They ended up fifth place in the standings, which is really not bad if you look at all the other teams that were like first and first, second, third, and fourth place. I mean, you have Tigres, Chivas, Atlas, and Monterrey. I mean, it, it was really tough just beating any one of them in, in the standings. So I really do expect them to give her at least another tournament and see if they can finally make it to those semifinals. But um, I mean, way to go to Pumas. I was really happy to see them just play so well and 
so well, in fact, that we actually thought they had a chance of beating Valladas in the quarterfinals. Yeah, I agree. I mean, from an administrative perspective, I guess I could kind of understand it, right? Uh, somebody somebody tweeted at me, I forgot who it was, I think it was Roberto, who said, you know, Pumas Femenil is kind of having like their own quinto partido curse, right? They just can't seem to get past that first stage um, to advance. It, this feels different. So I understand the administration kind of going, you know, we're tired of not succeeding any farther than we have been, so to speak. But Davila does not feel like the same kind of worn out investment that you've seen in past uh, managers, right? You you kind of feel it with Macera Rayadas. Um, he just has a good he just has a good set of players on him, and I think that's what led to these. Uh, for this 4-2 aggregate for them to advance with Leo Cuellar that had definitely run its course we felt that a lot but with Davila I think she's I think her program has been very long winded but in the positive way where now as she's getting those players that are more technically sound she's finding those signings that are a little bit more impactful compared to to past seasons you are seeing them get better they are improving they just you know, unfortunately for them, they don't, they don't manage to advance past the quarterfinal. So I agree. I think you give her one more season, you know, I think Pumas as an institution could probably use the positive PR of just playing so well or fighting so well to maybe get those like extra players that can maybe make a difference next season. But if it doesn't, I think that's where you change the project and that's where you go, okay, we need something entirely different. Um, and, and, you know, then, then, then I could say probably Davila has run her course, but I agree. I don't think it's time just yet. And I've said, and I did say at the beginning of the season that I felt like all the old coaches should leave and I included Davila in that, but right now I'm going to say I was wrong. And I think she should say. Yeah, I agree. I, I think um, just after this season's performance, she's, um, I, I really do, do think she deserves another chance for another season, see how they do, um, probably get a couple of players during the off season um, because last offseason was was really good for them. I mean, they got really interesting players. They got both Campas, for instance, who came on. I mean, they came on actually quite late in the season if, if we started to think about it, because um, I don't remember seeing them, I think, until at least, what was it, like the third or fourth week um, at some point. And still, I, mean, I think they were a great sub sometimes when they came on um, during halftime or maybe around the 60th minute. I think they were doing pretty well. Um, yeah, so let's just see. I, I, I wouldn't expect them to make that many changes. One, because we haven't seen uh, Pumas do that many changes. But if you get a couple of players during the offseason, just to, I don't know, specific like areas that you weren't really comfortable with or some players that were um, just a bit more injured during the season, stuff like that, I think maybe they'd look into that. And the other thing that's like, right, like it's up in the air is that U17 tournament that we've talked about. Not sure um, if it's going to happen this season. Apparently it will. It will announce it. Uh, for next season and if you do have that tournament it would be great because obviously you, you you can just move up any player that's doing particularly well give them a shot at the senior team and then have that um, that growth that we're expecting from from the league and, and that youth level as well so if that happens then maybe you don't even need that many players coming in during the offseason you could just be like hey we're going to strengthen that that U17 team uh, give them a shot maybe occasionally depending on whatever game you're playing or whatever's going on you can just give them a few minutes and, and start developing those players as well yeah agreed so I mean congratulations to Monterrey on qualifying to the semifinals Pumas you still I, I enjoyed Pumas this season I know sometimes it was like what are you guys doing but overall I think it was a it was a much better season that we've seen in the past so unfortunate they to get, they get eliminated but a good one nonetheless uh, moving on like Adriana said we're going to see a Clásico Regio 
uh, feminine semifinal in the match. Uh, sorry, in the semifinals in this next uh, round of the Ligia. And uh, it's because Tigres unanimously beat America 6-0 to zero on aggregate. Now, I've said it once. I will say it again. America Feminine, just be happy that you've made every Ligia in the history of Liga Max Feminine. Because other than that, I saw not a single thing from America. I mean, Masia Relic was probably the key player in this, and she still got six goals scored on her. And that's not to say America doesn't have a good set of players, but it was basically, you were already counting Tigres' qualification for, for this particular series. Yeah, I mean, just after that first game, I actually thought America was going to put up a, a bit more of a fight, to be honest. I didn't expect them to lose um, that terribly with with both games. I mean, obviously, Tigres had that comfortable advantage, and they only won 2-0 uh, on that second leg. But after that 4-0 winning, Papa. Um, I mean, yeah, it was, we've talked about this, we were kind of, it was like a bittersweet thing with America on one end, they're the team that hasn't missed the Ligia since the beginning, but on the other hand, we kind of expected Cruz Azul to be there. I'm actually now thinking even if Cruz Azul could have put up just a bit more of a fight rather than America at this point. Um, but America probably going to have tons of changes during the offseason. Now, now it's more of a necessity. I, I think what, like all the changes that they used to do in other like offseasons, they were just more... I don't know, just trying to, to bring in other players and give them a chance, not necessarily because they really needed that many changes because America was a team that did so many changes during the offseason. Um, but now it does seem as though it might be a necessity rather than before when it seemed more of something where you're trying out players, right? So, I mean, let's just see if Hugo Reese stays in charge of the team. He, he didn't, when, when they asked him, he didn't even know himself he was going to stay with the team or not. Um, after Leo Cuellar um, left the team after losing that Clásico against Chivas. So we might have a new coach as well, or they just might stick with Ruiz and, and see how that goes. I don't, um, think, I don't think they're sticking with Ruiz. I, feel, I don't I, think I, so I, either. You, you need someone with like more personality or just someone that's more, I guess, known. Right? Yeah, or even just like this whole se- – I, I said it. I said it before. I mean, they should – I mean – they get the honor of qualifying, but they, they they shouldn't have even qualified because they just need to completely say goodbye to the season. The season ended as soon as you lost against Chivas in the Clásico Nacional. Like, it that was it. Like, that's how, at least that's the way I felt. Like, as an America fan and also just as, like, a, a viewer of the league, it was like there was, the project wasn't working. You guys kind of put your momentum up and, you know, you guys were trying to finish strong, which you kind of did, but with that Cruzul win and stuff, but it was, you know, it was done. And, you know, Ruiz did the best he could. Um, they didn't look, I, they didn't look terrible, but it just feels like overall, you know, America just needs to, just needs to rebrand, I think. And I think that includes having a new coach. And yeah, I don't even, it's funny because I know that America is notoriously known for like losing like six players during the transfer. <laughs> At least. Yeah. At least, you know, but I think that even their if, if that is to happen, they still have a good, they still will probably get some really good signings, but if not, that could also be a positive change for them. Maintain your structure, have a good system within the players, and then just bring in a, a good coach that can, that can maintain that system really well. Cause they always have talented players. They just don't seem to utilize them correctly. Yeah, I agree. It just seems as though sometimes you had just the fact of how many players you had available. I mean, on the other hand, I, I kind of want to understand them because of all the national team call-ups and you could lose some players due to injury or due to COVID. So maybe that's why you have such a large squad at some point. But on the other hand, it does mean you're giving less minutes to more players. So 
again, this is a team that could benefit enormously from that U17 tournament, just maybe making sure that you, you have a really great base of players that you could slowly start like taking up to the, to the senior squad um, as soon as they're ready and maybe not really need to bring in players from abroad or just from other teams, kind of give them a bit more stability and have that that base of the team, that, that like spinal column, right? And, and, and make the, the team grow from there because they definitely can't have another season like this one. Especially, I honestly think one of the key, like not just on a, the club level, but even on an international level, like Dani Espinosa has not been the same since last season. That's just the yeah, point, right? Is she just hasn't like though, and I get it. Like we saw it with Chicharito, you know, that kind of emotional just dilemma really impacts you like in all ways. So I feel like that's also a crucial priority within America themselves. They need to find somebody that's able to re-energize these players and, you know, kind of do what Chora has done, kind of do what um, Cruz Azul's coach, I'm just blanking his name, but, you know, just like doing something that really motivates these players to be better. So my all with Atlas, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a, a male coach either. You know, Tonya East has her own really cool way of working over at Pachuca that I would love to see going <laughs> yeah. into next season, but it, it, it is like, these are professional players and they're young, but they need to be motivated. And I think America Feminine for a long time has lacked that. I, I think we've all kind of said it, like if it wasn't for the fact that they won, and I don't say that by luck, right? But it was just such a huge accomplishment to beat Tigres the way that they did a couple seasons back. I think this program starts or restarts a lot sooner than we're waiting for it to happen now. So, I mean- We'll see. We'll see. America has a chance to restart now, regroup and, and create a whole new project. Um, but Tigres, on the other hand, I mean, I'm just, I just don't want just to take it slow next season and, and just, <laughs> just, <laughs> make, just give the other teams a chance. I, I mean, I really do fear they're going to make it to the final. And um, I really hope <laughs> this sounds terrible. I hope they don't win because nobody. I, 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 I yeah. have yet to find anybody, and I, whoever's listening to this, don't get mad at me. Like, we don't say it because, like, we want Tigres to fail, right? But I don't think there's anyone besides Tigres fans at this point in the Liga Max Feminine sphere that want them to win. We're just, it's not that they're not a good team. They're a talented team. We've said it time and time again that a national team consisting of Tigres is a huge asset. But I'm just, I'm just sick of them winning. I just don't want them to win again. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not because they don't deserve it. It's just because we know it doesn't benefit the league. Exactly. I mean, we're, we're, if they do win, we're going to have one team with four Liga MX championships, and then we have other three teams with one each. Um, it, it really doesn't benefit anybody to have that kind of disparity just after, I don't know, what, what's it going to be, like the eighth tournament so far, something like that? So, yeah, you, you really don't want that. Yeah, it's going to be the eighth because we skipped last season. So, yeah, it's probably late. Um so yeah, you you just don't, don't want a team that's won half of the tournament so far. Yeah, I mean, and it, you just it just becomes like, oh, Tigres is gonna make it, or Tigres is gonna like. There's no excitement, you know. I I, I don't want to be like anti Tigres. That's not the point. Although I'm getting kind of close to being that kind of modernist in terms of, if you will. But I really like the momentum that Chivas Femenil has has exposed themselves to this season, right? Where I think the institution plays a large part in terms of that popularity growing for them, also because the men's team is in shambles. But I like mm-hmm. that, you know, I kind of like that that aspect. Like maybe there's maybe it's not just Tigres, because I mean Monte, like you said before, Adriana, you made a really good point, right? Monterrey is not necessarily, it's the rivalry because they both make it to the finals, but Tigres still holds the upper hand in that rivalry. So it's not necessarily leveled in that sense. 
you know, you start forming like another team. Maybe there's somebody else that can start going toe to toe with Tigres. And then it gets interesting, but it's not like, oh, it's Tigres plus one every time, you know, it, it gets tiring in that sense. But they have, I mean, they're just such a fantastic team. You saw that this past week against America. Belen Cruz is, she's amazing. And, you know, so is the rest <laughs> of their team. They're just, you know, I, I would just hope that somebody's able to stop them. And who better than the teams that we're about to talk about right now? Atlas and Pachuca. Atlas moves on with a 5-1 aggregate. A historic moment for them, for Atlas Femini. The first time they've ever qualified for the semifinal. They're actually going to be playing their first leg um, against Chivas in the Estadio Jalisco, which is really cool. But um, like we were just talking about, the Anatonia East's project is still in development. Um, but a really good showing from Atlas Femenil, especially given what happened against Queretaro last season. Yeah, I agree. I think we, we both were expecting two things this season. I think we were both expecting a better season from Carla Rossi and Queretaro and, and a slightly better one from Toñais. I think we kind of expected Toñais to have that like period of adjustment to the league, to the players, the club, just everything is new and, and players also have to adjust to her. So I think, I mean, just considering the fact it was her first tournament and making it sixth place, I mean, that's really not bad. But still, I mean, when you look at Pachuca and just everything they've done for the for the women's side, I mean, they have their own facilities, they have their own field, they have their own jersey. Um, I think they were the first team to actually share, like, the club photo with the men's side, right, which was just amazing at that point. So um, just having all those players, I mean, really experienced players as well, and not making it to semifinals, I do understand they see it as a failure. But um, yeah, I, I think they could have done slightly better. And it, it's just a team that we're expecting to suddenly have that like growth spurt and make it to semifinals and make it really complicated for, for whatever other team and just be one of those title contenders at some point. I'm pretty sure that's what they're expecting. Otherwise, that's, there's no reason you would have um, brought in Tonya East to do something like, like, uh, like less than that. It also seemed incredibly, I mean, I, we said this before, I, I never want to be in the wrong side of Tonya Isa's bad temper. I never want to make her mad. I don't know when I'll ever talk to her. I just know whatever it is, like, I'll, I'll give her anything she wants. I, I just don't want her to be mad at me. She had some very strong words to say at the end of this, at the end of these matches. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, alluding to the fact that she doesn't, she hasn't had the players that she's, she's wanted, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, interestingly enough, Norma Paula Fox just does join them at the end of the season after her run on Exarton. So I don't know. We'll see if, you know, she's kind of speaking to her owners and saying like, Hey, I, like you just said, Hey, I need these signings. I need this. I need this project to work with, you know, a core group of players. So um, they are long, long overdue for, for something more. I mean, they're, they're a great, they're a great team. They just haven't gotten a little bit farther, but Atlas has just been doing really good. Yeah, I mean, Atlas, if there's one team also that deserves the, the title, it's definitely Atlas. Hopefully they could be that fifth team to have a Liga MX championship. They've been so consistent. Um, I mean, they have the leading goal scorer in Alison Gonzalez, who is still so young, um, and she's doing so well. You've got Joanna Robles, Adriana Iturbide, Ana Gaby Paz. I mean, it seems as though you really do have a team. You could do nothing to it during the offseason, and still it would be really highly competitive next season. Um, it, it, it seems as though, yeah, they found like their rhythm and their performance and they know what, what they have to do. Sometimes I think they're overconfident and they make some silly mistakes in the back, but it's just something I think they can solve easily with just a bit more concentration and just being a little bit like more communicative with, with the goalkeeper and stuff like that. But other than that, I, I do see them as really high rivals for Chivas. I, 
honestly wouldn't guarantee it like that series going anyway. It, it's it's really close, I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was talking to obviously uh, the people at the Chivas and Norte. They'll have their own podcast, I assume, at some point this week. But it is. It's going to be a very good. It's going to be a very good classical um tapatio and i think it's it's gonna go pretty well um let's go ahead and, and move over to uh chivas versus toluca that one is a 4-0 aggregate but chivas once again at this point honestly it is comical to think that anyone doubts chivas i, I just want to i also want to put it on record that there's been tons of speculation out there saying well everybody doubted chivas everybody thought chivas feminine i would just like to say if you look at past episodes adrian and i never said they were going to fail we said that we were worried about them, but we wanted them to do good. And we thought yeah. that with Licha there, they could build a good system. And to their credit, they, they did. Even, they, did. <laughs> they did very, yeah. very good. But there were tons of people that counted them out. And I still feel that narrative going strong. Like people are still like, people were still like, oh, you know what? I think Toluca can win because they just have such a good defense and, and stuff. And, you know, Hey, what was it like two like one zero in the in the first leg so that ooh yeah. you know Toluca might have a chance but I I mean Chivas has been just such a good team and I think this four zero aggregate across the two legs was a good again another good statement from them to make yeah I, I actually was kind of worried at the beginning of, of the second leg against Toluca because they did struggle a bit to get that first goal and it seemed as though I mean, if Toluca got a goal, it would really complicate things mentally. Just know that you have to come in. You're you're the home team. You're I'm pretty sure. You, I mean, you were the favorite at that point, and it, it took them a while, right? I mean, just first goal was in, in the second half, around like the 50th minute, and then they yeah. scored again until like the 81st and 87th. So it it it, it was complicated. I mean, Toluca did their job. I mean, they 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 did look for that for that goal that could tie the entire uh, quarterfinal. But but still, I mean. Chivas, yeah, just proving everybody wrong. And yeah, we were we were not worried. We were like petrified after we saw all those players leave after last season. It was it yeah. was it was scary. I mean, yeah, to be honest, it was just something we we didn't expect to happen. Um, Janelli leaving, Nicole Perez leaving. Um, it, it just seemed as though it was going to be a, a like a, a nightmare for it as a season, and and it wasn't. I mean, they proved us. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. Um, I still don't know why you would let those players go. I mean, it, it could have been just because they wanted to grow because um, maybe they were just becoming too expensive for the club. I mean, it's a terrible reason, but it's a very like valid one because I mean, after a year from with pandemic and not without fans in the stadiums and stuff like that, I do understand that economical issues have to be taken into consideration. So yeah, you had all, all those players leaving and, and still you, you, you've proven us all wrong and you made it to semifinals and I, again, I, I don't see a clear favorite against Atlas. I think it could go either way, but that, that's a good thing. I mean, we hopefully we would have the entire league be that way. Yeah, definitely. And so really quickly, I mean, it's a, it's a short pod, Adrian and I are very busy. And apparently I had no idea that the men's Ligia starts tomorrow, Wednesday. So there's that. Um, but let's quickly <laughs> get into the semifinals. First and foremost, Adriana, I just want to say, I'm so very happy. I cannot begin to explain just how happy I am to know that there no, will not be a Clásico Regio Femenil final this time around. <laughs> it's just, it's... We, we could have a repeat from that first Liga Mike's Femenil title like, ever. We could have that Chivas Tigres one. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. It was Chivas, Chivas, it was Chivas Pachula. Pachula. What happened yeah. to Chivas Tigres? Okay, no. So whatever happens, we're going to have a different final this year, right? Yes. Yeah. Will we have a different champion? That's the real question. We can all hope so. We hope the soccer gods are just, and they will. Yeah. But, 
But I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit already. Classico Tapatio, there's no clear favorite here. All we know no, is that it's, it's going to be really a really tight good game. Yeah. Uh, like, good right, yeah. S- sadly enough, um, Tigres one does seem a bit, I mean, yeah, Tigres is a clear favorite, to be honest. Not Tigres, only because of the way they beat America, but just because Tigres has a mental edge over Rayadas. Yeah. Unless, I mean, but I, I don't want to sell them short. I mean, it has been, it has been slightly imploding over there, but they still have good players. I mean, obviously we've had Christina Bergenrod on the pod. She's been, she was vital in their win this past, this past weekend. Uh, Dani Solis, I have to say, probably the most underrated player in the league this season. I just feel like people don't give her the credit that she deserves. She's been Mm -hmm. been a good player. Desi Montevice seems to be having some good momentum going her way. I mean, Best case scenario, we get a Rayadas Chivas final. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be really, really awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I'd be happy with the Rayadas Atlas final as well. That would be good too. That did yeah. any, anybody but Dinas. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end, like we said, it was a quick episode this week. I mean, tons of soccer co- going on. Um, I guess I just want to throw this in here. I know we have to go, but uh, was it Is he staying or is he leaving Chivas? I think not not because that I mean reports I've been reading are that they're looking into having him again next season. It looks as though they're trying to renew his contract. Um I I don't know what to think about that. It's not that I, I don't think he's a good coach. I really I think he's an excellent coach. It's just when when you have Tuca on the market, it kind of makes you doubt some of the things, right? Um I I really would probably like Tuca back at Chivas. I do think he could do just tons of stuff for the team. I do think the team requires way more discipline than it than it's shown. Um, I I do think that Tuca could be that coach that could just you know back up and Ricardo Pelaez's idea on on the team discipline and stuff like that. I I do, I, I think Busetich might have like a bit of a soft side to be honest, uh, which isn't a bad thing. It's just, but it's it's been such a terrible problem at Chivas recently that it I would probably like a coach that could be just a bit more. Um, harsher with the players. I don't want to be harsher. I mean, just more strict, I guess. Make sure that you're, you know, where you're standing, right? It's not like one of the other 17 clubs. It's it's Chivas, and that means something. And I, I do think that sometimes players take that for granted. So we, we saw one end when, when Almeida was there, and he was um, a, he was a, a coach that was friends with the players, right? But still, there was a discipline in, in there. I mean, he, I remember that, that we knew that he wouldn't allow players to buy a car before they bought a house. Right, stuff like that, and he made sure that they went to school, and and they made sure that that they were focused and concentrated. And right now, I don't see Busetich doing that, so maybe we have to go like like up the other end and and go like be like, okay, maybe we need something that's a bit stronger with the players and and requires more discipline. So I don't know. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure what's the best thing to go on, to be honest, at this point. Yeah, I just want to get your opinion on it. It's it's a very interesting dynamic. I mean, we we're we're applying Chivas Femini and then Chivas Men's is, is going about their way. But uh that's it from us guys. Um enjoy the Ligia matches from the men's side um tomorrow, Wednesday, and of course enjoy the Femini semifinal starting on Friday and ending on Monday. Um without burying the lead, we had a fantastic interview earlier today with Ruby Soto from Villarreal, formerly of Chivas Femenil. Um, it was a great talk. Adriana and I got to hang out with her. It is in Spanish, so, you know, be mindful of that. Um, but Adriana, any other final thoughts before we dismiss it over to the Ruby Soto interview? Um, 
keep up with the content, hashtag LigaMexFemENG and LigaMexENG. It's going to be a beginning of a really um, intense summer. I mean, we have Liguilla and then we have like a week's rest. And that's like kind of like a week's rest because we'll have national team activity. And then it's off to Euro, Copa America. Um, somewhere in between, there's CONCACAF Nations League, the final fourth. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and then we're off to Gold Cup, Olympics, and we'll see you guys back in normalcy or something like mid-August or so. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it'll be great to keep up with the conversation with everybody with these hashtags and yeah, it's going to be a nice, fun, maybe sometimes bumpy ride. Yeah. So thank you guys so much. Enjoy our interview with Ruby Soto. All right, guys, we're, we're so excited to introduce our newest, uh, interviewee. We haven't had a player on for a while. So I thought when we returned, we would do it with a bang. I'm so excited to have her on. You guys know her from her time at Liga Mex Femenil, and then she made history heading over to Europe. I'm so, so excited. Uh, Adriana, how are you doing today before we introduce our, our guest? I'm great, Amy. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, obviously, as a Chivas fan, and just so excited to see so many players abroad, I'm really, really excited to have this player on board today. So um, without further ado, Amy? Yes, yes. So without further ado, the Art Football Pod welcomes Ruby Soto, formerly of Chivas Femenil and now at Villarreal. Ruby, ¿cómo estás ahora? Hola, hola. Muy bien. Encantada de estar con ustedes. Ruby, pues platícanos un poquito, eh, pues, ¿dónde te agarramos? <laughs> Supongo que todavía estás en España, este, pero ¿cómo, ¿cómo te agarramos ahorita? Después de lograr un histórico ascenso con el Villarreal, no me imagino todavía la cantidad de, de emoción que tiene simplemente al llegar a entrenar todavía, hablar con las compañeras y, y saber de este logro histórico que tuvieron. Sí, es algo, a ver, me causa risa porque es algo que eh, el club lo tenía en el proyecto, pero era algo complicado, ¿no? Como todo, era algo complicado, pero creo que se logró y vamos ahora a entrenar, que todavía quedan dos partidos pendientes de la liga, porque matemáticamente ascendimos, pero quedan partidos pendientes. Eh, vamos a entrenar y como que tipo relajadas y tal, pero se llega otra vez el fin de semana de competir y estamos otra vez súper concentradas, o sea, no queremos perder, aunque ya hayamos ascendido, no queremos perder, ¿sabes? Entonces, pero sí, todo el entreno como que es de risa, ya no es como, bueno, yo ya no lo siento igual como antes pero a la hora de competir pues es lo mismo, o sea, queremos ganar y, y sumar de tres. Es como cuando llegas al examen final, pero ya sabes que aprobaste la materia, ¿no? Entonces todo es más relajado. Sí, sí, sí. <risa> sí, jugar sin presión, sin, sin nada, pues ya es súper, súper bueno eso, porque pues antes de que tenías la presión de que no podías perder, y aunque si perdías no pasaba nada, pero a ver, no se puede perder porque estabas buscando algo muy grande, y la verdad que, que sí es algo muy grande y la, a mí me causa mucha satisfacción, más que es mi primer torneo acá y pues ascender a primera división en mi primer torneo ya te imaginarás lo que de sentir, ¿no? No, sí, Ruby, claro. y lograr algo histórico ya, ya estás acostumbrada, es una de las primeras de llegar de la Liga Mex Femenil a Europa. Uh, mi primera pregunta va a ser, ¿qué diferencias has visto entre la Liga Reta y Valiora y la Liga Mexicana? ¿Y cómo ha sido integrarse a este equipo con este, este proyecto um, con largo plazo? Eh, a ver, para mí fue muy difícil primero que nada pues tomar la decisión el salir de Chivas porque yo estaba tipo en mi zona de confort eh, porque jugaba todo eh, estaba pues ganando muchos partidos en Chivas, estaba súper bien eh, más la afición, el club lo que representa y todo, pero llega el momento que uno también quiere tomar nuevos rumbos, nuevas metas yo tenía en la cabeza siempre que quería jugar fuera de México y cuando se me presentó la oportunidad o sea, la verdad nunca 
no dije que no, desde el momento que, que me llegó la oportunidad dije sí, me voy, me voy, me voy, y no, creo que, a ver, México no tiene nada que pedirle a España, simplemente solo que las mexicanas nos debemos de creer un poco más lo que hacemos, debemos de estar conscientes de lo que queremos y si estamos en el fútbol es para un futuro, no, no solo para perder el tiempo jugando fútbol y, y ya. Eh, creo que todas las que juegan tienen ese sueño de estar en selección mexicana, de jugar en Europa, de lograr grandes cosas. Y, y pues bueno, a ver, yo creo que soy ejemplo de, de muchas de ellas. Que al principio yo la pasé muy mal aquí eh, porque no estaba, mi adaptación no fue muy buena. Pero ahora que estoy súper bien, la mayoría me dice que, que pues siempre ha sido su sueño ese. Platico con muchísimas de la liga y, y la mayoría mayoría tiene este sueño igual que yo. Oye, Rubí, y precisamente, ¿qué fue lo más complicado de esta transición? ¿Era un poco el desconocimiento del de equipo, tus compañeras, una nueva liga? ¿O era tal vez esta cuestión pues, extradeportiva, ¿no? estar lejos de casa, de la gente que te conoce, de pues, un entorno familiar? ¿no? O sea, sí una zona de confort, pero bueno, también una zona donde pues, uno está papachado ¿no? de esta forma. ¿Cuál, ¿Cuál de las dos cosas fue tal vez la más complicada? A ver, yo creo que lo más complicado es estar lejos de, de mi familia, más en el momento en el que yo me vine, que me vine cuando falleció mi mamá, o sea, falleció mi mamá y a los días yo me vine, eh, y que dejé a mi papá solo, o sea, a mí me comía la cabeza todo eso, pero ya poco a poco ha ido desapareciendo esa, esa sensación, y, y también el llegar aquí, no conocer a nadie, eh, en otro país, un fútbol diferente, diferente en el aspecto que, o sea, son muchas más técnicas, las que se manejan aquí en el fútbol no es como, como el México que todo lo mismo, lo mismo eh, pero como yo digo, o sea, México no tiene nada que pedirle que porque México tiene futbolistas muy competitivas y equipos muy competitivos que de verdad yo siento que si vienen y juegan el reto ganarían igual, pero bueno lo más complicado para mí sí ha sido eso el dejar a, a mi papá y a, a mis hermanos a mis sobrinos, a mi novio, o sea a mi familia en general y como dijiste tú, Rubí, o sea, no es para solamente para jugar, para perder el tiempo. O sea, usted, ustedes como profesionales en la Liga Mexicana, aunque sí está un poquito joven la liga, sí logran para hacer esas cosas. Y para ti, ¿cuáles son los principales retos que identificas para los jugadores que quieren um, dar el salto de la Liga Mexicana al extranjero? Creo, más que nada, que se lo crean. Y que el momento que llegue la decisión la tomen, porque... Si no toman esa decisión es como un tren, quizás puedes tener esa oportunidad una sola vez y ya no te vuelve a llegar. Y, o sea, todo vale la pena, la verdad es que todo vale la pena. Al fin de cuentas, eh, tú dices, no estoy haciendo nada aquí porque no juego, o por esto, por lo otro, pero tú no sabes lo que estás logrando para México. Tú no sabes las puertas que estás abriendo para México, que muchos más equipos de aquí se fijen en, en las futbolistas mexicanas. Y hay muchas, la verdad es que yo no había entendido que hay muchas que juegan, bueno, que jugaban aquí y se han regresado a la Liga Mexicana. Y aunque tú dices que la Liga Mexicana es muy joven, creo yo que ha logrado muchísimas cosas y va a seguir creciendo y va a seguir logrando muchísimas cosas más porque se le ve mucho futuro. Creo que cada vez hay más patrocinadores, más personas que les importa la Liga, más personas viéndolo. Y eso es lo más importante, que, que lo apoyen y que los clubes estén conscientes de que van a apoyar siempre el fútbol femenil para que esto siga creciendo y nosotras como mujeres podamos seguir creciendo en, en esto que es el fútbol. Rubí, comentabas el tema de, de, de la adaptación y cómo te ha costado. No sé si te han dicho que inclusive ya tienes un poquito de acento español. ¿Te, te han comentado eso? En serio. Sí, me han dicho mucho, pero yo no, yo no me lo noto. No sé en qué aspecto. O sea, porque yo siento, yo siento que sigo hablando igual así como, pues, como sinaloense, ¿no? Porque pues soy de Sinaloa. 
y que sigo hablando como muy norteña, muy mexicana, pero, o sea, las de aquí todavía me notan, pero cuando hago en vivo, o así, todos me dicen, o cuando mando audios así, me dicen, hey, ya tienes el acento un poco español, o, o así. Ya, se, te, faltan unos meses cuando ya te conviertes en Kenty, que ya pura española es con su acento. No, 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 no la verdad es que no quiero. Oye, Rubi, y platicar, ahorita que comentabas también algo que creo que ha destacado mucho de, de las jugadoras mexicanas, no, no, no necesariamente todas en la Liga Mix Femenil, sino también las que están en el extranjero, es eh, que muchas destacan también por tener otra parte en su vida, ¿no? Están estudiando, hasta la misma liga eh, ha presumido que muchas tienen hasta maestrías, hay una que tiene hasta un doctorado, que yo no me quiero ni imaginar a qué hora pueden hacer un doctorado eh, teniendo que jugar, ¿no? Y los entrenamientos y horarios tan variados. Pues preguntarte a ti también, eh, esa parte extrafutbolística, eh, ¿qué te gustaría hacer o qué estás haciendo? Eh, ¿Qué más te gustaría hacer más allá de, de, de esa etapa de, de fútbol, digamos? Bueno, yo tengo la carrera de terapia física y rehabilitación. Eh, yo ya estudié eso, eh, pero estoy estudiando inglés ahora. Estoy aprendiendo un poco para poder hacer ya entrevistas en inglés. <ríe> y nada, pues eh, es muy complicado. Eh, una, la capitana de mi equipo estaba haciendo el MIR. El MIR es aquí como para buscarte la plaza para entrar a un hospital o, o es, es doctora. Y no podía estar como entrenando y estudiando, pobrecita, se iba a los entrenamientos con las hojas para estudiar y todo, y digo, qué complicado, yo la verdad es que primero terminé mi carrera y ya fue cuando empezó la liga, gracias a Dios, si no, no sé qué hubiera hecho, la verdad. Sí, totalmente de acuerdo, creo que, creo que es algo que no, tal vez no se reconoce mucho, o tal vez es porque por desconocimiento que es de los oficinos no saben, pero es algo que se ve, ¿no? O sea, de repente como tienen que malabarear entre, entre diferentes cuestiones, Oye, preguntarte también, eh, pues ya llevas un, un año allá en una circunstancia donde pues se vio todo una, una, un apoyo de, del club en esta ocasión, en esta situación Chivas, de presentarte, darte la despedida, eh, pues toda esta transición con, con ese apoyo. Pero, por ejemplo, pues hay otros casos como la Estefanía Fuentes que se fue sin apoyo de nadie, tocando puertas. Creo que hasta tuvo que hacer su propio demo para tratar de tocar, o sea, tocar puertas en el extranjero. ¿Qué crees ahí? O no sé si hayas platicado con ella o, o cómo sugerirías tal vez algunas otras jugadoras que quieren animarse, ¿no? Así como dices tú, a tomar ese reto y, y animarse a ir al extranjero. ¿Cómo hacer eso? O sea, ¿Cómo acercarse de repente, eh, no sé si con una agencia, con el mismo club? O sea, ¿cómo empezar a tocar esas puertas? ¿Tú qué les recomendarías para tomar ese primer paso y ya este, tener valentía de, de, de buscar y abrir esas puertas? La verdad que es muy buena opción que uno se sepa valer por sí mismo, que, que tenga la valentía como lo hizo Estefanía. No he tenido la, la dicha de, de poder platicar con ella, si interactuamos por, por Twitter y todo eso, pero así hablar como tal, ¿no? Eh, pero yo, por, yo, en mi opinión, yo diría que es muy importante tener una agencia de marketing, un representante que te ayude, porque probablemente yo pueda abrirme una puerta, pero ¿qué tal si voy a ganar menos? ¿Qué tal si no voy a tener muchas cosas que otro equipo me puede dar o que mi representante no me pueda conseguir? Es muy, es muy importante tener otros ojos que, que vean las cosas por ti también. Eh, yo estoy con la agencia de Solo Cracks y la verdad que pues las personas que, que trabajan ahí súper super buenas, me han abierto muchas puertas. Más que nada ellos ahora aquí son mi apoyo porque viven aquí en España y son mi apoyo en todo. Gracias a ellos pues no la he pasado tan mal, pero pues sí, yo, yo diría que eso... Y la mayoría, creo, de la Liga Mexicana ya tiene representantes que, que sí las ayudan muchísimo. 
Rubí, regresando al tema de pues, la cancha, como dijiste a, al principio de la entrevista, dijiste que o sea, aunque ya se ganaron la promoción, todavía están, todavía están trabajando duro, pero has notado como una diferencia ahora preparándose al nivel grupo, um, en nivel grupo y en el personal para jugar en primera división, como hay algo más que ahora están haciendo, no solamente para ter terminar fuerte, pero prepararse para ese próximo nivel. Eh, seguimos entrenando igual como toda la temporada, seguimos entrenando igual, como si todavía no hubiéramos ganado nada, eh, si sí hay un poquito de relajación no te voy a mentir, pero por lo mismo de que sabemos que ya no, ya no necesitamos los tres puntos de sí o sí, y no, o sea ellos regresando de verano, de vacaciones ya creo que empezaremos a trabajar mucho más fuerte y muchas más cosas porque creo que la primera división es muy complicada aquí y, y nada, pues eso, que seguimos trabajando igual ya, yo creo que después de vacaciones sí, sí ya no aguantamos más. Ahora más trabajo. Oye, y justo platicarte eso, ¿qué, ¿qué planes tienes para el verano? Obviamente, supongo que querrás venir a ver a tu familia, descansar un poco, eh, pero ¿cuál es ese plan ya eh, al concluir la temporada para ti? ¿Y cuánto tiempo tienes eh, pues de, de descanso antes de tener que volver a reportar con Villarreal para ya preparar pues, este regreso ¿no? a, a la Liga Iberdrola? Nos dieron un mes. Eh, yo ya para... Los primeros de junio, ya estoy libre, ya podría irme. Y regresamos en julio, a mediados de julio creo, los primeros de julio. Todavía no nos dicen bien, porque aquí las ligas son inciertas, que inician una fecha o que la otra. Como duran 11 meses aquí, las ligas eh, son muy largas, entonces pues las alargan o las acuertan cuando quieren. <risa> Un poco de incertidumbre, les, les van a, sí. se les van a hacer de emoción para regresar. Sí, sí. <risa> Y Rubí, finalmente, uh, por, por, por mi parte, y luego se lo paso a Adriana, uh, obviamente estás hablando, como tú dijiste, creciste en la Liga Mex Femenil, como, como mencionaste, aunque esté joven, está creciendo en todas partes, pues, en las redes sociales, en los que le miran los juegos, um, Adriana y yo con los aficionados, los, los pasamos todo el tiempo hablando en este pod. Um, yo sé que hay la diferencia de horas, pero has... Uh, Tuviste la chance de mirar uno de los juegos, obviamente la, el Chivas Femenil ya está llegando a semifinales. ¿Has tenido un poquito de tiempo para mirar lo que está pasando en la liga ahí en México? Sí, eh, mayormente veo todos los partidos, eh, porque gracias a Dios me toca que jueguen los lunes y yo descanso los martes, entonces me puedo desvelar un poco, pero igual me quedo dormida a medio partido. Dedicada, Rubino, increíble. <risa> y... Y ya sí veo los partidos, la verdad es que sí. Y me sorprende mucho de que cada vez veo a las futbolistas mexicanas más fuertes, más contundentes, o sea que va creciendo muchísimo la liga y eso me emociona mucho porque sé que muchas de ellas van a llegar después acá a Europa. Así que si alguien quiere mandarle un tuit a Rubí un, un lunes muy por la noche, tengan certeza de que en una de esas lo pueden ver y te pueden contactar. <risa> Sí, sí. Oye, Rubí, por último, de, de mi parte, pues preguntarte también, eh, pues ahora que, que se logra este paso eh, histórico en el Villarreal, ¿no? tú después de tan solo una temporada lograr esa hazaña, pues qué tan cerca crees que puedas estar también de, de un llamado a la selección, que volteen un poco más a verte, que vean pues, lo que se está haciendo, ¿no? De abrir tanta, tantas puertas y pues, que te den también esa oportunidad con un llamado. ¿Qué, qué tan cerca crees que puedas estar ahora con, con este logro? A ver, la verdad es que eso sí no sabría responderte porque en México trabajé súper bien los tres años que jugué en la liga y nunca tuve un llamado. Estuve haciendo las cosas muy bien aquí en el Villarreal la temporada y tampoco tuve el llamado cuando vinieron a jugar aquí a España. Entonces, sinceramente, mmm, 
a ver, no espero como que, que me convoquen o que diga yo, bueno, la verdad es que se me ha quitado un poquito esa ilusión por el mismo hecho de que he estado trabajando y no he tenido esa recompensa, pero bueno, no voy a dejar de trabajar y si en algún momento se llega a dar, pues genial, ¿no? Que todas, todas quisiéramos representar algún día a nuestro país y, y poder ir a tipo un mundial o competiciones con la selección mexicana, pero nada, por ahora pues yo concentrada en lo del Villarreal y si me llega la oportunidad, pues muy bien. Pues muchas gracias, Ruby. Uh, yo sé que ya es como las nueve de la noche ya en España. Lo agradezco bien mucho que tuviste el tiempo para hablar con nosotros. Um, si quieres mandarle un mensaje a los aficionados de, del fútbol femenil, de la Liga Mex femenil, de Villarreal, ahorita es tu, tu oportunidad. No, pues nada, solo decirles que sigan apoyando el fútbol femenil, que, que las mujeres somos muy grandes y que luchamos siempre por lo que queremos y que gracias al apoyo de toda la afición, pues se cumplen los sueños también y que que gracias a ellos se ha formado una gran liga mexicana y, y pues que yo creo que todas las futbolistas estamos muy agradecidos con la afición, ¿no? Perfecto, that was perfect. Uh, thank you guys as always for following us. Like Ruby said, it's in incredible stuff happening in women's soccer. So thank you so, so much for joining us. Keep up with content. Ruby's out there getting up in the middle of the night to watch Liga MX Feminine. So you can do your part and support our Mexican players all around the world because at the end of the day, it is our football. All right, guys, thank you so much. We'll see you next week.